<laughs> I want to be right on key sometime when that happens. Oh, good luck, dude. I should have know. I don't even know the notes. I don't that. either. I should have listened to it before we started. I can't wait for that to be our uh, our walkout song for sure. Oh now. yeah, man. I know. Only the real ones will know. Man, I'm still in the studio. I need you to come here and lay down some drums. What's going on? Just All right, kidding. dude. Give me a couple weeks. We got it set up. You're coming. It's in I'm the not, calendar. I'm not going to try to act like, <laughs> when you coming, man? <laughs> yeah. Even though that's what you text me every day. I do. A, a picture of you in the studio and say, when are you going to be here? Yeah. What was it yesterday? I said, um, you were having kind of a rough day, but I said, well, if it makes you feel any better, we're working on a sick drum part for you right now. And you're like, it doesn't. <laughs> I should, yeah, be, I should be I should be working on the sick drum parts, dude. I, I never I never thought about it like that. That made me feel bad. Well, you said it doesn't, and then I I was typing and I was like, Am I I should say I'm sorry? And then you were like, Because I should be there. <laughs> and then I yeah. laughed. So I like felt the better. jerk that I am. I I was just thinking about myself. Yeah, totally selfish for sure. How is the uh, how's the studio stuff coming this week? Great. Um, we are we're banging through songs, dude. It's we're we have this board, so when we're in the studio, it has all these boxes. You've seen it, I know, but just for everybody yeah. else, uh, it's these boxes horizontal from every song title. Um, and right now, we're actually in the the stage where the song titles can even change, you know? Yeah. But um, these boxes get filled in as we do parts. So if um, we do a drum part, then we fill that in, right? So mm-hmm. all those boxes are empty right now, waiting for you. And then there is, you know, keys, vocals, anything you can think of, any kind of instrument. And if they're like a random instrument that isn't a main one, we throw it all in this box called production. So yeah, <laughs> it's like all the fun, like random stuff that you hear yeah. when you're not in the studio. But um, yeah, it's going going really well. Uh, we are on a more rocky, bluesy, jivey song right now. So I've I tend to just I love songs like this. Like I feel like we do that song for ourselves a lot. Yeah. I'm talking like, you know, man on a ledge or whatever like that. It it, it right. t- tends to not necessarily be the favorite of other people, but it's always like the one I want to play. But yeah, um, I guess we have to start our blues rock side project sooner than I thought because I'll just go crazy. <laughs> or you could just lean into it and play more blues rock in your it, albums. Yeah, well, if it wasn't me versus to others or especially Nick I think. <laughs> don't don't put it like that <laughs> well Nick is that's the interesting part about this record is um you know I think even as our friend he's the one that's always sending me poppy stuff you know yeah yeah and I and I know we talk about this a lot but I love the singer songwriter stuff and like the bluesy folkier stuff but I love what he's been sending me and what mm-hmm. we've been working on Mm-hmm. And just an update on what we talked about last week, where um, I was telling you that well, last week it was just me in the studio, right? So 
um, just to update that. And I said, <laughs> I was coming, I was going to be coming into this week with like an open mind because. Yeah. <laughs> How did that go? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not, <laughs> okay. not, not, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, not, not real bad because we both, like I told you over the weekend, I was going to listen to the stuff that he did right. and try to find what I liked about it almost. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I did. And then actually by the end of the weekend, I told myself, I was like, okay, I do like this stuff. And I see mm. where he's coming from and in the lyrics. So when we got into the studio on Monday, we started working on a new song first off, which was good because we came into it minds alike, like challenging each other, made it through the day, really cool. And then Tuesday, we worked on a song that I had done the previous mm-hmm. week. And that's when it was like, we listened through it. And then Justin was like, so is there anything you guys would... And Nick was like, well... And I was like, I knew. I knew. Like, here it comes. So I got to prepare myself. And we we adjusted some things based upon some good input that he had and then but there was also some things we kept because he came around to it so it was like i said last week it was really good for us to to have those weeks alone to get some bare bones for stuff and now Mm. tomorrow we're doing one of the more produced songs that justin and i worked on last week all together Mm. and nick just last night he and i were on a drive and he was like I I love this song. And I was nice. like, you you told me <laughs> two days ago, you were like, I don't even know if we should do this. Yeah. So it's weird. I, it's like stuff grows on you too. And you, when your first time you listen to a song, you aren't listening to all the lyrics or you're not listening right. to the drums or the electrics or whatever. It's And so when you can step back in like as a musician, start to pick things apart, and you start to like a lot of the little things. Yeah. It's like a it's like if you were to pay attention to every little stack on a cheeseburger, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. You start to pay attention like, oh damn, this is a this is a good burger. This is good cheese, whatever. How did I <laughs> Yeah. No, I get it. Like I, I find that too. There are sometimes like um oh, I'm trying to think of what it's called. What's that that need to breathe album? Uh Hard Love. Dude, I hated that album when it came out. Me too. I really did not like it because it was such a such a departure from classic need to breathe stuff. But it's one of those things where like the more I listened to it, the more I saw how all these parts worked together and all this. And yes. Um very rarely will I listen to a song uh fret with fresh ears and feel moved by it. Like I always kind of the first time I listened through something, I'll always kind of grab onto the lead or grab onto the lyrics or something and just pay attention to that. And I always say this, but lyrics like on their own or any, any part on its own with no reference is really awkward, you know, but it's not until you zoom out and see how it all works together that it, that really starts to to, uh, make sense. So there are times where like a new album by like, it could be my favorite band and a new album will come out and I will like, won't like it. 
Yeah. But it's it's really just because I haven't spent enough time with it to put together the value of all the parts. Well, that's interesting that you bring that up too because last week, so the song we're working on tomorrow that Nick decided he liked. Uh, yeah. I sent you that last week, but it had no vocals. Mm. And you texted me, or I texted you after I sent it to you and said, um, this has no vocals yet, by the way, just like scratch or whatever. And you were like, okay, because, I mean, you knew it didn't have vocals, but you were trying to figure out. Yeah. Because you sent me, immediately after that, you sent me the one with what's called scratch vocals. For anyone who's listening, it's just like placeholder. Like you didn't really try on mm-hmm. pitch or anything like that, just just to mm-hmm. give context to the song. And yeah, the the first one I listened to had no vocal track on it. It was just the instrumental. And I was having a very hard time keeping track of like <laughs> where the song was, like what was going on. And like I often forget how important different parts in songs work together. Because as soon yes. as you sent me the, the one with the scratch vocals, I was like, oh, okay. Exactly. Yeah. Now I see where we are. Like yeah. I can feel this is a pre-chorus or I can feel this is a B section or, or yes. whatever. Yes. And it's not even just the vocals. Like, you're right. It's it's parts that make up the song that that definitely, it changes a lot of stuff. Well, we, so for this song, we were, we wanted to have like a Killers meets Bruce Springsteen meets, well, uh, you know. Yeah. Talbot Brothers. So right. we were, <laughs> probably should probably put your own spin that. on some of these things. So, but I felt like we really walked away from it feeling like we kind of harnessed that. And, um, you know, go, going back to what you said about the Hard Love, Need to Breathe album, I felt the same way. And I discovered Need to Breathe like um, during one of their later albums. And I loved the Back then, I really loved like the heavy acoustic guitars, the banjo, the yeah, because I was doing that stuff at the same time. So I think I connected with it, and then mm-hmm. yeah, that uh, I think hard love, especially the song. Uh, when I heard that, I was like, oh, I don't. But I listened to it like you know five times, and I heard those guys in that in that right still exactly and that's yep. that's what i hope um you know I, not a lot of people know this but after we had our album release for ghost talker at the aladdin theater in out here in in portland um we had a small but mighty percentage of the people that listen to our music reach out to us and say what the hell happened <laughs> like oh no yeah and and it didn't make I, I didn't feel i honestly thought if i ever heard something like that i would feel really bad about it but i didn't because i wanted to explain to them i wanted to ask them to trust us to right do this new thing and like adapt and nick said something so profound today we were in the studio we were wrapping up and he said if you don't evolve you dissolve wow yeah and credit to him 
if he was here, he totally would have made sure he said that because I told, <laughs> I told him that was like the coolest thing I ever heard. But it's so true. It's, you know, same with businesses. You yeah. You have the iPhone 5, great phone, right? Right. If you don't make the iPhone X and the 12 and the 12 Pro and all that, you dissolve. Exactly. And, and at the end of the day, that yeah, that's still what we're trying to do is be relative, but keep the core of what we're doing. And that's the best part about um, working with Justin is we'll do something so new and we'll get to the end of a sequence or a, a verse or something and he'll say, all right, now let's T-bros this. Yeah. And he'll and he'll say, let's add, you know, this or like an acoustic pick part or something that like mm-hmm. brings it home. And I would say, you know, not to discount any of those people, um, you know, because I I very much appreciate people there in the beginning and um I will say that I I'm very thankful for the people that have just come along the whole time and been yeah. like, we get you guys. The The lyrics will always stay. Um, the core of the songs will always be the message. And right, right. Then, then they allow us to grow. And, as, and you grow too. I remember, you know, I grew up, like I always say, I, don't, I haven't listened to them in a long time, but I grew up listening to John Mayer, like first record, like your body is a wonderland record, right? (laughs) And and, and, infamous. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure he's like, he does it when he has to now, but um, I grew with him. Like obviously he was, he was older than me when that album came out, but the time of life he was talking about, he was talking about like the transition from college into adulthood basically right and that's right where i was headed when that when those albums came out so it was like i felt like someone was kind of at least there going through the same things as i was growing right and i and i hope that we are that for people like as we transition from the good old boy hometown small town thing to Mm -hmm. like trying to be well-rounded humans and like caring about more than just image and and who we were right you know your last name is important but it's a lot more than that you know right and then i think people are coming the the truths are coming with us on that like right they get that that we're doing that and it feels really good and we've had like a ton of support even for you know like i send you obviously and and then um some other friends and musicians, the tracks and stuff, and they're just, they're connecting, you know? Yeah. Like, it felt really good, because you know Carrie uh-huh. um, from from now the Margos is the name of the band, but they used to be called Samsel. Uh, right. He came in the other day and listened to the the Tendencies song that we're working mm. on now. And, well, like, a minute into it, he was like, this is like the sickest stuff I've ever heard, <laughs> you know? And it's like, yeah, it's, right. it's cool to have that like validation from other people in the industry and like that I appreciate are doing like that one song that he, Johnny, 
Mm, that song is so if, good. If you all need a good song, I think we probably mentioned it last season, but go yeah. listen to Johnny by Sam Soul. It's like so it's good. It's so good. It's honestly one of my favorite songs. Did I did you, my my Spotify um like they did one of those things where you pick the artists that would have dinner with you or something. They like spit it out. And mine was like Talbot Brothers, which LOL. And then uh, <laughs> Samsel and Need to Breathe or something. I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be, a pretty, that'd be a pretty you, solid dinner, dude. <laughs> uh, but I also feel like most of us would be sitting back like, who's going to talk? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? But also, right. yeah. So I really respect him and their band and having him come in and appreciate what we're doing made me feel good about where we're going. And he, um, he kind of had some input on the electric guitar stuff that Nick was doing. Cause yeah. Carrie, Carrie is an exceptional guitar player. And I know yeah, that when, yeah, when we've played with him, we do bass, but with him, but um, yeah, he's re- really, really good. And Nick, Nick is a very good guitar player, but Nick will say, he wants to be the best guitar player. So if yeah. he could kind of take, if he could kind of take Nick's talent that he has and combine it with some of Carrie's ideas and stuff and then let Nick play those. Mm. I mean, this is, this, we were talking to another friend a while back and he said, the new music is you guys allowing other people to have a say. Right. Yeah. And the and the reason it has expanded is because we have allowed people to have input. And before we were so protective, you know. And it sounds mm. stupid because it all comes from like a very high school drama thing of like, oh, my band left, man. Like right, right before right, tour, right. you know. Yeah. But life was hard then. Like it mm-hmm. was. I, if I look back, I'm. How could I be upset? Like we were all made like maybe twenty bucks a show on this right. tour, and like, right. how can you expect someone to sustain that for a month's tour or whatever? And uh, you know, there's something to be said about the people that just like stick it out. And like, I feel like you, I feel like you and some others have always from the beginning be like, we're not gonna let you guys go. Like, understand that life is real, and I have these things I need to do, but. I believe in what you guys are doing and right and I believe in it because it is also what I'm doing, you know. Right. And that's kind of the flag we fly with it, so um but it's yeah, it's been really it's been amazing to to just put a cap on the studio talk thing. It's it's been incredible to have new input and ideas have people come in people like you people musicians in the area just sit in Mm. like we've just asked people a few now to just sit in the console room while we work on a mix or whatever and just give input and um i can honestly tell you i had never done that two years ago even like i was very protective of what we did and I think that's what's made it grow and that's made it better and more relative and more, you know, you can use the word pop, but I (laughs) like 
everyone listens to their own genre of music. Right, right. But pop, at the end of the day, relates to the mass. Yeah, man. I it it's it's a it serves a very important role in the world of music. Oh yeah, and that's the, yes, exactly. That's something that I've had to come around to. I mean, I used to be. I think I've said this before, but dude, I used to be such a, a pretentious Anti-pop, music snob, right? Yeah, dude. I was I was listening <laughs> to. St- I would like try to recommend bands. I mean, you remember because I used yeah. to do it to you. Well, I recommend did it too. bands that were like hard to listen to. Yeah, unless you were like really into music theory or or something. Yeah, you know. And there's something <laughs> about like, dude. I have really become a pop music guy lately. Like, I still don't know any of the names of the people that are on top forty. But I know the songs because they're usually on like my gym playlists these days. And yeah, dude, it's good stuff. It it yeah. exists for a reason. And it's popular for a reason. Like it does appeal to a ton of people for very specific reasons. So well, that's what I mean. I think about that with music and I also translate that into my everyday life because I am I think about the things that I am and the things that I appreciate. I definitely, as a person, look to an older generation for uh, inspiration of, Mm -hmm. you know, I think like James Dean is cool, but I know that if I say that to someone who is eight years younger than me, they won't know who that is, you know? Right. And stuff like that. And I I get that. and And I also realize, you know, as a kid growing up and watching my parents or, you know, even older kids in school or whatever, enjoy. Like I didn't get what they liked. Right. And I thought, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll never get that. Like I'm right. I'm into what I'm into and it's not that. And I don't want it to be that. And then, and I realized like, as it's just a cycle, like as we Mm -hmm. get older, you and I, um, we're going to enjoy cigars and whiskey and classic things and good haircuts. I mean, not me lately, but you know, just, <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah, those, yeah. those classic things and, um, you know, like good old movies or good old crime movies. And like, mm-hmm. that's going to be our thing. And it's going to somehow disconnect with the next generation. And then it'll come around. You know, I always think about the, uh, the Back to the Future, <laughs> the uh, when he plays Johnny Be Good on Back to the Future in front of Marty McFly goes back in time, plays with this band at a high school dance, and he plays Johnny Be Good, but the song hasn't been released yet because he's in the oh, past. Oh yeah, and yeah, he yeah. plays Johnny Be Good, and he just it's so rock and roll, and he nails it, and then he looks out at the dance floor and everyone's just standing there like what the <laughs> hell and he goes yeah maybe you weren't ready for that one yet uh your kids are gonna love it <laughs> <You know? laughs> and like i think about that all the time like yeah we joke we say that joke after we track stuff in the studio we'll be like your kids are gonna love it you know because it's like yeah we're trying to be uh relevant to a new age but we're also trying to like I said, stay true to the core of who we are and the heart of mm-hmm. who we are. And I, and I translate that to my everyday life. Like I, I try to, I try to keep in touch with, 
I think you and I joked that we were never going to get TikTok, right? Oh, yeah, dude. Like, oh, yeah, we're never <laughs> going to get it. But now I spent, you know, at my, my wife, everybody, you know, I'm the one that sends TikToks to people now. And right, like, same, yep. <laughs> but yep. it's like, um, once you connect with it and once you get current with it, I've, I've noticed this in my, in my dad. Um, he will have his way of doing things, but once he gets a crash course or an understanding of a popular idea, mm. he, he likes it. Yeah. And, and you know, you always, you always think like of like the cool dads, like the, you think of your friends that have like a dad, like actually knows what's going on in the world. Right. right. And you're like, oh yeah, we actually kind of could like hang with that guy if, yeah. if we want to. Um, I've been thinking about that. Like, how does that, how does that translate to me as I get gray and get older? Like, mm -hmm. will I keep tapped in? At what point do we, you and I, disconnect from? Yeah, that's an in interesting question. And I, I have actually thought about that as well because I've always been... I feel like I've always been super plugged into the zeitgeist, you know, it coming up. Um, but until recently, like once I got on TikTok, I feel like I realized that I'm not as plugged in as I thought I was. Yes. Um, I'm like, always like one behind a trend. No. Yeah. And I, <laughs> dude, I still can't figure out how to use that stupid app. <laughs> oh. Like I feel like an old man work, trying to work through that. And then just like watching what some of these people do. And things that become popular, I just, I don't get it. You know, I'm like, why? I don't, this song sucks, you know, Dude, or like seriously. this dance. What is this? This is so dumb. So yeah. I think like, I think us being of this generation of technology, we will always be plugged into the current technology, but I don't think we will always understand how it's being utilized yes. by like the younger generations. Like yes. we'll always have the new thing, right? But we won't over. We won't ever use it like everyone else is using it. Probably. Yeah, and we're trying to. I mean, it's not even like a conscious thing where I'm like, "Oh man, I want to stay relevant, dude." You know, it's, right. I, I'm not doing that. But when I get on that app or another app or something, and I feel like, "Oh, this trend has been going on for weeks." Yeah. And it's probably almost over, and I am seeing this. For the first time, like I, yeah, I start to see it's kind of like, like you're watching the background of your life, like sort of pass you, and you're like, oh. right, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, with a lot of the people that I hang out with and that I surround myself with, and you know, we're not, we're not sitting there talking about TikToks or like latest trends on social media, but well, I mean, not usually, but yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> well, me and you probably more than anybody, but yeah, um, I don't, I'm not consciously thinking about that, and so you know, we we talk about this all the time, but you and I, the people that I surround myself with, we tend to gravitate towards real conversation that could be a little bit slower. Then um, I was mm -hmm. listening to a um, on NPR a a radio broadcast the other day where they talked about they had this guy on that wrote like a memoir of 
COVID-19. And his year in isolation and, you know, the interviewers asking him all these questions about how his year was and stuff. And the guy kind of like basically in the interview midway was like, no one, no one actually cares about this. Yeah. He was like, I, I said that in my, my memoir too, because we all went through it. Right. And he says, Mm. I'll I'll spend um, like a minute into talking about my experience with the pandemic. People, friends will like look at their phone and like kind of check out, right? We are so focused on like the next and the new and the current, you know, not even just current, just what's ahead that we like. You know, that guy had a really good story to tell because he yeah. was in like a highly, you know, it sounds like the zombie apocalypse, not to relate to our last episode, but like <laughs> <laughs> infected area. Yeah, and so yeah. like he, he couldn't go <laughs> out and he was stuck in like a, you know, a New York apartment mm. and um, like couldn't move, didn't have work and like got sick. So he was stuck for a couple of weeks and you know, that's a, that's a story that I haven't experienced. So I, I actually, right. I'm interested in that, but a lot of people did. And that's the thing is like the world is already, even though the unnamed thing is like, has its remnants here still, the world is already like trying to move on to what's We're there. so, <laughs> so badly trying to act like it never happened, I, yeah. I find. Yeah. Like there's just this desperate attempt to just like move on, which I, <laughs> I don't think is a bad thing, honestly. No. Like, and I would probably react the same way, like to someone tell, even telling me a really interesting story that maybe I wouldn't have experienced through all this. Um, at, at some point I'm, I mean like nine or 10 months ago, I was sick of talking about it. Right. I remember just like very being very blunt about that. Like, can we please just talk about something else? Because I this is going to consume all of us, and it has for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, I feel yeah, like I think you know, it's it's okay to focus on the next thing. Sometimes everyone says like, be present or whatever. Yeah, but sometimes you gotta also have a plan ahead of you. I <laughs> will break the fourth wall one time and one time only on the pandemic. Like we didn't talk about it because on this podcast or while we were playing shows, even this last year, because we needed to not talk about it. Well, we needed that. And also like how many other podcasts or people listening to where they were just constantly talking about it. Oh man. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I don't even we didn't even make like a conscious we kind of made a conscious decision to call it the unnamed thing, right? Just like as a as a meme. But we never really sat down and said like these topics are off limits or anything. We just all collectively looked forward to talking about something something else once a week with each other, you know, and uh hopefully other people appreciated that as well. Well, that's what it was. And that you know, that's part of like pop and and current stuff is that there is a part of me that wants to disconnect from constantly being plugged into what's happening today and tomorrow. Right. 
I want to feel a sense of nostalgia or classic when I am talking to people. And that's one of my favorite parts, man, about like when we go out with you or, you know, the, the other friends that I surround myself with is it feels like everyone is there. Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. everyone sets their phone down on the table mm-hmm. and, and and for me, that's a conscious thing. Like I could totally, I get, I could get tired of, you know, a pandemic conversation a minute in, and I like want to look at my phone because I'm like, yeah, yeah, I went, I went through this too. Yeah, you know, everybody did. Or I've heard this same story from eight different people today. But it takes you realizing that that person across from you at the table is. They're telling this because they need to do it. Right. And and this was funny because um, I was talking to Justin about how we had the podcast tonight. And he was like, I think it's so cool that you guys take an hour and talk to each other. Because, mm. because no, one, no one does that now. Right. And, and they don't. And... You know, you watch a podcast like Joe Rogan or, you know, any other one when, like, there aren't any phones involved. Like, right. Unless they're looking something up, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. on their phone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's just very, um, like sitting across from the table and talking to someone one on one is going to be lost very, very soon. I, I agree. And, uh, I think that's why I find myself being constantly frustrated by people recently is that like it seems as though all the people that I interact with are incapable of just having a conversation, right? And I, dude, I used to be the guy that was always on his phone in public. And I remember um, it was two years ago when we we played that bourbon show, but it was my birthday weekend, and we mm-hmm. all went out after the show and hung out with some friends and stuff. And like the only pictures I have from that night are of me on my phone while everyone <laughs> else is like having a good time. You know, like my girlfriend sends sends me like the on Snapchat. It tells you like two years ago today or whatever. You know, so like on my birthday weekend this last year, she sent me a bunch of those from that weekend. And it was all all like pan around the room and I was on my phone and everyone else was having a good time. Mm. And I remember this feeling in my bones of, am I that guy that is just constantly, like Mm. literally everyone that I cared about, save maybe like two or three other friends, were there that night. Who was I, who was I talking to? You (laughs) know, (laughs) what was, what was so important? And I remember feeling so sad seeing those those videos and stuff that like it has been a a resolution of mine um, just to try to not be that guy anymore. Like to try mm-hmm. to be attentive to the people that I'm with, um, try to have like actual conversations. But especially when I'm around the people like my squad, not to like. I don't want to have this like super sentimental friendship talk again. Jake, we, we you never that. get <laughs> sentimental <laughs> on the podcast. So I think people would appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> um, but just like the importance of being surrounded by people that are super important to you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when you say you want to have this feeling of nostalgia, 
Like I, I genuinely feel that way. Like um, this last year when you guys surprised me for my birthday, which oh, I shared a, so a little video of that uh, <laughs> on the Instagram, which was really pulling at my heartstrings reviewing that. But Me too. <laughs> I remember looking around the room that night because it was you guys, um, my best friend from college and my mom and sister and a, another really good friend of ours came down. And I remember looking around the room, especially at my apartment that night and just feeling like, this is the A team. Like yeah. I will never forget this. And I was not on my phone like that whole night because I no. I didn't feel this need to be. Like I knew my people were here. Like I think I texted my dad because he was like, "Is everyone there yet?" Yeah, <laughs> make it. Sure. I was like, "Dude, this is awesome." But that's yeah, a like, little bit. That's a little bit unfair assessment because I, as one of your closest friends, can say that there has never been a time where I have thought honestly have never thought man he's just on his phone a lot and i think yeah. it's it kind of sucks it was probably one of those things where it happened very coincidentally a lot <laughs> like you yeah. would just happen to be on your phone <laughs> i think i was like snapchatting like like funny things well, that we were doing or whatever which exactly it, you're probably right but it's still, it still it really bothered me you're still. also the guy that's always like trying to help us keep moving in the night so you'll be like google mapsing where we're gonna go uh, next yeah. you know so so <laughs> yeah. i mean i get i get that that yeah but that's i mean i think about that too um nick and i you know um you were on that tour with us like when we were doing it was right after the road came out i think we had just released places which we don't really talk about that album but um <laughs> it's one of the forgotten ones. Soft, sophomore slump yeah. but um like it it uh Nick noticed that in a lot of the footage and stuff on the videos for the the road and stuff like that, that he was on his phone and mm. he was like, I don't want that stuff in the videos. I don't want that to be like who I'm defined as. And right. we had to have the conversation of like, then you, you gotta put it down mm -hmm. and like, Nick now is probably one of the hardest dudes to get a hold of. To get on the phone, yeah, <laughs> know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like he, he and I kind of switched, but um, but it's it's so true, man. Like we're it's not from it is not from a negative place. People aren't thinking like, oh, I don't want to be here. I'm going to get on my phone. They're they're just thinking they want to be. Not even that. You're not thinking, I, I want to be plugged in. You're just plugging into the mass. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, and like staying connected. And um, sometimes we'll be, I'll be laying in bed. And if my wife falls asleep before me and I come to bed later, and then as soon as I get in bed, I'm looking at my phone. She's, mm. like, she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just looking through Reddit. And then I'm like, why am I right? I think, dude. I I mean, it's a pretty well researched fact at this point, but it's a, a chemical thing in your brain. You know, it's, it's an like addiction. The blue, thing. the blue light. That and just <laughs> dopamine, dude. Like you can get on Instagram and just like be immediately satisfied through millions of pixels of color and and whatever exactly. you know. And and, and you're uh, part of if you know if you're me, you're out in the you know, in the boonies somewhere 
and I've been driving all day and looking at, oh, mountains, it's beautiful, like all these views, yeah, okay, cool, I'm driving on this highway. I haven't been on my phone at all other than just to like do work and fill up. Right. And then I get in bed and it's like this, exactly right, this dopamine rush of like, there is... Here's all this stuff I missed. Yeah. <laughs> all this stuff I missed. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I always, I always, I hate it about myself, but I will like close Instagram or whatever. And then like five or six <laughs> minutes later, open, open it open. again. <laughs> Not because I feel like I missed something, but it's just like an out of habit. You know, if I'm bored, yeah. I'm just on my phone. Right. Yeah. And I think that becomes it especially in social situations, it becomes people's like safety blanket, right? Yeah. Like it, there's, there's a sense of comfort and familiarity to their phone or whatever. Like, I, I don't know. It sucks. <laughs> like it really, it's really unfortunate, but. I wonder if there's, you know, <clears throat> a lot of, a few people that I know that would kind of feel deserted or lost if they didn't have the social media connection, you know, mm. not even with, 2020 but in their everyday life like um it really it really sucks and i and i go through it too also you know i i have i have a great core group of friends and i have acquaintances outside of those friends that like if my core friends were all busy i yeah. i i could always have someone to hang out with and right there is still a part of me that feels like if I am not, um, I listen to the news every morning and it, and the other day, Nick asked me, he's like, why are you listening to the news every morning? Doesn't that kind of like bring you down? Mm. And then I was kind of like, oh yeah, it kind of does. But the reason I do it, if I think about it is because I need to I need to, I need to understand what's going on in the world. Like if mm. there's, and, and, and especially with, um, you know, being out here in Portland right now and, um, like there are some very different, uh, in the United States, there's some very different mindsets bouncing around. And I feel like as a writer and as a creative, I need to understand all sides. Like, mm. right, I'm, I'm the mediator, right? Like, I'm not, the, I'm not the guy that tells you to vote for you or you. I'm, right, I'm the right. guy that's like, here's what I know and listen to this. And if you, you know, you can take it however you want it, but, um, dude, I heard something, um, on TikTok of all places <laughs> that some, someone was talking about basically talking about, um, actually he was talking about Joe Rogan, talking about the Joe Rogan podcast and how his podcast serves a really, a really valuable role in society right now because he talks to so many different kinds of people. And is not like, doesn't only talk to left wing people or only right wing or like, you know, he talks to people that he blatantly disagrees with. Right. Yes. Yes. And the guy that was giving this commentary about Joe Rogan, um, he said, just because you understand something doesn't mean you 
have to agree with it. And yes. I think I think that's a really important concept and I probably butchered the quote, but I think people in general like it makes me happy to hear you say that you feel like you need to understand what's going on because I in general I feel like people are too afraid to understand something that they don't agree with, right? Just for the sake of understanding it to know that they're right. Like that's a that's a valuable uh exercise right understanding everything just to reinforce even even if just to reinforce your stance on things if you don't understand what's going on opposite of you um then you're just you're you're pretty ignorant i don't yeah. know i felt yeah i felt like i felt like i needed to get that off my chest no <laughs> i've been, it, I've been it, chewing it, on that for like three or four days now I, waiting for someone to talk about it with. see I'm, i mean i feel the same way that's why i love listening to that podcast is because he isn't Joe Rogan isn't trying to like get the scoop right he's just trying to have like a conversation with I, I one of my favorite episodes is with him and um the the CEO of Whole Foods mm. because I mean Joe's trying to like get into it a little bit about like right you know and and this guy is a professional um the ceo of whole foods i don't even know his name that shows shows how much i actually care <laughs> yeah i just do, 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 do. Uh, john Mackey. <laughs> yeah john Mackey. he is like having a a cool conversation with joe rogan but he is also very good at deflecting Mm. questions and he's um, a professional ceo then yes and 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 that is the thing like i've seen those joke memes about like it's 20 it's 2030 um joe rogan is president and uh only elk meat is yeah uh, <laughs> it's right. like the government ration you know but right but and, and he's the only form of media you know it's like yeah it's a thing like a you know that's the hard part about trying to stay plugged into what is current and popular is there are so many outlets pouring into your brain and mm -hmm. they are avidly trying to disagree with each other just for the sake yeah. of disagreeing and that's you know that's what i think is so special about what we're doing here and other podcasts that we listen to is that we're able to have conversations about being unsure about yeah. sides. Like, why does it have to be? That's what I appreciate when people post, when there's political bullshit, when people post and say, why does it have to be left or right? Sh should it not just be like, what is good for us as a right. majority, like as people, and mm -hmm. and that that is that's kind of why I listen to a couple different news outlets and like take the information in from both sides, is because mm -hmm. you know, like I said earlier, I feel like it is a responsibility as an artist to ride the line. I won't compromise what I believe is right or wrong but right i will entertain ideas until until the end of the day i will listen 
to someone tell me something that I absolutely disagree with 100% because I feel that it is important to understand other people. Well, it's an empathy thing, right? Yeah. Like you can empathize with someone and not agree with them. Yes. You know, and contrary to what most people probably think, you and I actually disagree on a lot of things fundamentally. Yeah, no, dude, we could go into it, but there, I mean, that day to day, every other day, you and I talk about something, we're like, well. <laughs> right, but we, it's a discussion. We don't argue about it. Absolutely. And yeah. we, we both make a conscious effort to try to see the point that the other person is making before yes. we just like, no, dude, that's wrong. This is, <laughs> and it's not always political stuff. Like I no po- politics is just the easy example here, yes. but it's yes. like finances. It's, you know, yep. uh, music. It's what video game we should play that week. You Absolutely. Know, I think, I think dis- disagreeing has become too synonymous with the, with arguing. You can disagree and have just have a conversation and then just leave the conversation not in agreement. And like people and, are pe- people are so set on trying to change the person's mind that yes. you, like they feel this sense of like, well, I just, I just don't feel resolved in that yes. conversation because I didn't win. It's like, bro, just let them just yeah. have the conversation. They're you know? not they're not your enemy because they disagree on issues. Like right, if you all can sit in a room and enjoy each other's company like 90% of the time, but 10% of your conversation is like an absolute disagreement. That is your friend. That's yeah. someone, that's someone who, yeah, there's, there's so many people that I know that I don't call friends because they just try to agree with me. Oh gosh. You know? It's almost worse. Yeah. This is like a whole nother podcast, probably. Like people agreeable (laughs) young fellow. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, man. Like I want people that challenge me. I want people that say, um, like after I say something, I want them to say, I don't agree with that. You know? I don't want them to say you're wrong. I just want them to tell me what what the other side of it is. And, And it's it's so important like where we are just a generation of you and I are probably on the the graying side of the generation but we are on mm-hmm. a generation of moving along with the school of fish it's i feel like it's so important to understand both sides of everything and i you know, like you said, it's not just political. It's contemporary. It's pop music. It's right. It's TikTok. It's everything. Like, you know, you got you have to consider how we are. We are basically like placed in the middle of these upsides. Right. You and you and I try to get both sides, and we're not trying to push anything or each mm-hmm. other but mm-hmm. we're we are also it's it's a friendship where you can you can tell someone that you absolutely disagree with them and then just get on the you know the podcast or whatever and have a whiskey together and like exactly <laughs> it doesn't matter Dude, I, I remember i hung out with a, a friend of mine uh a, a while ago 
and we had a, we had a conversation about um, how like mega billionaires should be required to redistribute their wealth or something. This like really um, this really grinds my gears. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But it's like this really abstract, you know, philosophical conversation. And I remember it was one of the one of the first times in my life that I just said, I just don't agree with you. And I just tried to move on to a different conversation because I realized that it was not going to be like the more I tried to have a conversation, the more just like angry this person got that I wasn't agreeing with them. And I said, dude, I just don't agree. So we should probably talk about something else. But didn't it free it freed you, right? In a way, to say yeah, because I didn't I, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I had to pretend to agree. You know, I find myself doing this thing to avoid um, to avoid conflict. I find myself just saying yeah, yeah, a lot. You know, yes. to people, let them like get their point across. Everyone like, yeah, does that. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, I don't know. It feels like I'm selling part of my soul every time I do that. I remember specifically one of the first tours we did. Nick and I were sitting at this bar in Chicago. We had played our set, and there was just a super drunk guy sitting beside us. And he was like, oh, so you guys are on the road, huh? You, it's good to be playing shows. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we love it. And he's like, I bet you guys get with women every night and i was like uh no that's not no <laughs> that was like one of the first times i think you know growing up in the midwest small town all that going to like a chicago is a big city for me it was like one of the first times i remember saying no yeah like i could have just been like oh yeah whatever man like and just let him do his thing but Mm -hmm. It felt important to me to say, no, that isn't what we do. And right. like, that was one of the, I remember that being like a turning point for me in my identity of like, I do have values. Right. And I, values is a weird term because it isn't right or wrong. Right. It's, what it's just you, important to you. Yes. Yeah. And it, and I realized that that guy, if he, he was about that life, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go, go on. But, right. But for me, it wasn't. So, I, it, ever since then, I felt more comfortable telling people, no, I don't agree with that. I don't I hate you. Right. I, you know, like, I'm, if, if more of my friends would be able to have conversations where we disagreed, I would be friends with a ton of people, right. but I am not friends with a ton of people because <laughs> anytime we disagree, they disappear. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Know? It's so, it's so hard. I, yeah. I mean, I think there's something, there's something to be said, um, about being surrounded by people that have common values, but there's also something to be said about being surrounded by people that have a spine, you know, and there's, there's a, a feeling of satisfaction that comes with when you realize you have a spine, right? Like mm -hmm. if you draw a line in the sand about something that's important to you or something, you know, something that you just fundamentally don't agree with, it, it can be uncomfortable, right? To say, no, I don't agree or no, that's not what we do or, you know, whatever. 
But at the end of the day, you know that you stood up for something. Like you have an identity, right? Like there, I I don't want to be around people that don't have an identity of their own. That just like, uh, go with whatever direction the mob that they identify with takes them. Because that's not a true identity, I don't think. Wow. I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> That's the quote of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Identity. It's so important to like stay true to yourself, but let let yourself entertain people's ideas, you know, just mm. and don't shut them out because they disagree, you know. Right. I, Maybe I'm just talking to like specific people in my life. But. <laughs> it's a common thing. I think people that are creative uh, have to deal with disagreement a lot as well because people always have an opinion about yeah. the stuff that you make. Mm. Um, and I don't know. I mean, just as humans, we should have to deal with disagreement gracefully, you know? So I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Similar Vein Podcast. Be sure to comment, <laughs> rate, and subscribe if you haven't already. And make sure to hit us up on Instagram at Similar Vein Podcast. And until next time, we'll see you all later. See you guys. <laughs>